Welcome to the Agent of Wealth podcast with Mark Boudis from Boudis Financial. In this podcast, Mark helps guide you towards financial freedom, ensure you never run out of money, and create a balance in life that prioritizes what is most important to you. Join us for this journey as Mark draws from years of expertise and guest experts to solve the multiple wealth building challenges involved in your financial life. Welcome back to the Agent of Wealth. This is your host, Mark Bowdis. On today's show, I brought on the entire Bowdis financial team. That's John, Kira, and Kayla. So today we're going to talk about the book, Hero on a Mission, A Path to a Meaningful Life by Donald Miller. So this was another book that was recommended to us to review. And actually, I kind of found it some like similar points to it than the last one we reviewed, Die with Zero. But what I'm going to do, I'm going to turn it over to John, and he's going to help facilitate the discussion today. Thanks, Mark. I've read a lot of books in this like life hack type of category. And I found this one to be one of the more interesting ones because it has a really interesting point of view in the way it puts the framework around building this meaningful life. And the long and the short of it is, is it's all really built around a story that your life is this story that you ultimately have the power of basically you have control over the plot and and the direction. And like every good story, there's these elements that he pulls together. Everyone has their favorite story. Those movies and those stories that really catch your attention and really resonate with you. And I found the most interesting that different types of characters that he identifies, which I'll get to in a second, that are in these really are relevant to a lot of the stories that you hear out there. And they're really relevant to, you know, just everyday life. The idea there is, is within the really good story, there's going to be these four types of characters. The first is the victim. And the victim is exactly what you'd think he would be. He's this person who's, woe is me. The world is out to get them. Or there's just something bad that's happened to them. They're just a part of this really, you know, bad predicament in their life. And we tend, in in most cases, feel sympathy for this victim. The second is going to be the villain. And the, the villain, again, is exactly what you'd think they'd be. They're this person who is ultimately out to, and even if it's subconsciously, to make others feel small because they're in this spot where they want to rise above them. And their way of doing that is actually making them feel small, putting them down um, and being controlling. And typically you hate the villain. You know, Sometimes there are moments in movies and stories where you're somewhat rooting for the villain, but we won't go there. But the villain is typically someone who's the bad guy. And then the hero is the one you're cheering for in the movie that is really the center of the story, the person who they're willing to take on these challenges to better their situation, to transform, if you may. And then fourth is the guide. The the guide is the Mr. Miyagi. That's one of the first thing that came to mind was Danny LaRusso and Mr. Miyagi. Mr. Miyagi was the guide, right? And Danny LaRusso was the hero. I thought Yoda. That's why I thought of Yoda. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, Yoda. (laughs) And there really are a lot of different, like, I tried in my mind, I was going through all these movies and, you know, seeing that these four different um, characters in every story, there's always that guide who's kind of helping the hero. And, you know, when we think of a hero, we automatically think of this person who's, the superhero, you know, the person who has the powers, but there's always conflict within the hero. The hero isn't perfect, but they're always willing to transform. And you bring all these elements together and it really is part of this story. And we could find ourselves in any one of these four buckets or a lot of times. And he says in the book that we actually, we're sometimes all any one of these, you know, like we might find ourselves in that victim mentality where we feel like, oh man, like, everything's not going my way, you know, feel like they're stuck and there's no way out. 
many times that victim finds themselves figuring out how to become the hero, you know, and, and a lot of times in these movies, if you think about it, there's the victim, even like Danny LaRusso, he's this kid who had to move to California, you know, he's with his mom and like, he's like kind of down and out, he's getting bullied by the Cobra Kai. And then all of a sudden he's like, all right, well, you know, I need to learn to fight. You can see him make this transition from that victim to the hero. As a side note, some people think that Cobra Kai wasn't necessarily the villain in that. We won't go there necessarily, but I, th I think th the key takeaway there is, is like, and as I continue to think about it, I definitely resonate with the idea of, of these four different buckets and can relate to whether it be my favorite stories or my life in general and the people around me. Um, and it made a lot of sense. So that's kind of the groundwork. And then he builds on that too, obviously, but I'm going to hand it off to the rest of the team here to talk about some of the other parts of this. I think what I'm going to start with Mark. As a part of this hero on a mission plan, as he pulls everything together, he, he talks about writing your own eulogy and how that kind of fits into this whole picture. So I, I was, was going to hand it over to you and, and just ask how that kind of fits into the whole picture. Yeah, like you, I found the book interesting. I think writing your own eulogy is definitely something interesting, a little bit morbid. But before I talk about starting your own eulogy, one of the things he leads up into that is he says the hero needs to be interested in their own story. And as a hero, you need a reason to get out of bed, you know, stand up to those challenges that, you know, you're going to face and trying to always correlate that to what we do. You know, financial planning is important and you really have to look at and make a plan to what's important to you. Um, I think, John, I think you use this line a lot where you say no one's on their deathbed wondering, why didn't I beat the S&P 500 last year? So, you know, what's important, it's going to be different from person to person or what they're passionate about. And maybe that's another way to kind of frame it. And it could be something big. It could be something small. It may be something that is like you would think of financially related, like uh, I want to retire at 50 or I want to make sure I can put my grandkids through college. Or it may be starting a business and something they're passionate about, or it could even be something uh, simpler than maybe just spending more time with their kids. And sometimes it's not easy to know what you do want. Part of it's because when we were growing up, either we learn from our parents or from school certain things that we should want. And, you know, we, as we get older, we often realize that maybe that's not really what was important to us. We also see the other part of it too, where some people want so many things that they often become paralyzed and can't make a decision on where to focus or, you know, and tying it back to this book, how to write their story or what their story should be about. So before we got into eulogy, I wanted to highlight that the way the author talks about it, if the hero doesn't want anything, it's difficult for that person to maintain interest and really experience meaning in their life. All right, segueing into writing a eulogy. So what he says is really living a good story. It's a lot like writing one. And he says the way to approach it is, and that's where I come in with the morbid part, is really visualize your death. Think about it as you're writing your eulogy just as it would be delivered part of your funeral. And he says it's important to process the fact that we're not going to live forever. Again, this was something that the author of Die With Zero really hammered home as well. So he says the average American lives to 78 and a half years old. That means we're going to die at some point. And if he thinks about it in that respect, writing the eulogy, it's a tool that he can use to get fully engaged in your own life. Because when you write your eulogy and, and even like time frame it, now the, the countdown clocks, and now you have a sense of urgency, and now you can make your story interesting. So he says two times in his days when he feels a presence in the moment and when kind of time stands still is when he's writing. So that's something he's passionate about, something he's interested in, and also when he's spending time with his young daughter. So again, realizes that he's not going to be around forever. He does say, yeah, there's a sadness to it. 
But with that sadness comes a gift. And that means be present and you know do those things that are important to you. He says it helps him realize that the story is not about him. Um, because a lot of the stress that we have, it's trying to control things or trying to own things. And by taking this approach of writing his eulogy, it forces him to enjoy the ride that he's on. And really, the only way that he can do that is he realizes that he's not going to stick around forever. So the way he says actually how to execute and how to do this is he says, you know, when you're going to write this eulogy, think about what people are feeling about you or what they're saying about you. This includes like your kids, your spouse, your friends. What have you accomplished? What have you built? What have you left behind for the people important to you or even humanity? So then when you write your eulogy, what the, the whole purpose of doing that is now, again, that countdown clock starts ticking. So it gives you some sense of urgency, but also it helps you with making decisions in your own life. You know, we're blasted with all kinds of decisions that we have to make, but now you have your eulogy where you want to get to. And, you know, with that, it can help you better make, make uh, those decisions. So, and then kind of to sum it all up, he says, if you don't do it, if you don't write your eulogy, fate will write it for you. And fate will write whatever, whatever it wants. So, um, you know, I think it is an interesting exercise, um, kind of different way of looking at things in terms of how to get from where you are to where you want to get to. But, um, it kind of made sense in how he frames it. Yeah. It really reminded me of a lot of what we, you know, the way we talk about our business, um, because we, you know, we get, we get hung up in the, the details and really lose touch with like, what's that ultimate goal? We talk about trying to get up that value added stack of what's fulfillment. What are some of those things you really, really want to achieve? And I think the idea of eulogy is going to, you know, represent those things. And, you know, what we ultimately want people to think about us on our deathbed is going to be directly related to, you know, some of those things we want to accomplish. So it really is a nice framework. And, you know, sometimes we have trouble. People will come to us, um, uh, potential clients even, and, and they're looking to solve a problem or whatever it ends up being. But at the end of the day, like, you know, they're, their life is not revolving around that problem. It's it, that problem is a big part of a big picture. Um, and it just really reminded me of like, of how we as humans have trouble connecting ourselves with what really, really what is truly important and kind of taking that deep dive. The second part of that, obviously there's the eulogy, which you just, just discussed. Um, the second part of that is creating this vision. And I was going to hand it over to Kayla to talk a little bit about how he talks about the vision. Yeah, like Mark and you were already saying, writing your eulogy is an intense experience, but it kind of helps you figure out where you want your story to go. And once you figure that out, the author said that he looks at his eulogy every day and he advises everyone else to do the same thing. He was talking about how day-to-day looking at it is keeping his long-term vision for his life in check, but you need like a roadmap to get you there for shorter term goals. So he breaks it up into 10-year visions, five-year visions, and one-year visions. And then he uses these to help him accomplish what he wants during the timeframes. In the book, he uses the example, I think it's his five-year or his 10-year plan, but he calls it similar to a movie title. He named it Leaving a Legacy because that's what he wants to do during that time. He was saying it's kind of hard to figure out what you want to include, but you could start with your community, family, friends, your career, and write a list of what you think is important and what you want to accomplish during those timeframes. And then he said to start the one-year goal. And once you figure out what you want to do in that year, move it to the move it to five years and then 10 years, and then keep those documents with your eulogy, and then spend time looking at those and contemplating those and kind of use those as a roadmap to living the heroic life that he describes. Yeah. And I know it sounds like I keep talking about 
<laughs> what we do. But in, in a lot of ways, you know, when we have these conversations with clients, a lot of it is figuring out what those eulogy type goals that people have or ideas that people have about how they want to, you know, what, what they want in their, their eulogy. And then we, you know, we work back from there and come up with some more distinct goals and connect today to those goals. So I think in a lot of ways, it's the same with financial planning. And then finally, there's also one of the things we do is like, okay, now we have this great plan. We have this great eulogy. Like, how do we put it into practice? Typically, the last thing we do is help people with application and putting these plans forth. With that, he does give a lot of really great ideas as to how to put this all action. So I thought I'd hand it over to Kira now to kind of talk about some of the things he talks about when it comes to um, the practical application in our lives. Yeah, so basically the application is having four elements. The first is completing your eulogy, which Mark talked about. The second is completing your life plan, which Kayla talked about. Then there's um, another element that's called goal setting worksheets. And basically that's for one specific goal that you have in your life plan. You can kind of workshop that goal. And then the fourth element is to figure out your daily plan. So that's um, using his daily planner page. So there's actually in this book, the third section of the book is a workbook where you can actually physically write on the pages or you can download the Hero on a Mission daily planner online. It's available at heroonamission.com. The author, Donald Miller, suggests that these four steps are repeated every single day as a morning ritual. So once you've filled out the first three, once you've completed your eulogy, written your life plans, and have your goal worksheets written out, you can read those and then fill out your daily planner. So the daily planner has a section for primary tasks, secondary tasks, and appointments. It also has a space for you to list out things you're grateful for every day. In the book, Miller wrote that taking the time each morning to write down what we are grateful for creates a strong mental foundation for the rest of the day. And then it also helps us fend off that victim and villain mentality because victims aren't grateful. They're usually being mistreated, tortured, captured, or controlled. So they're truly not grateful in their situation. And then villains aren't grateful either. They're usually plotting for revenge or experiencing hatred. So having that gratitude prompt helps us remember our role as a hero in our own stories. And then there's another section I wanted to point out on that daily planner, which you're supposed to fill out every day. And it says, if you could live this day again, what would you do differently this time? In this space, you can use to reflect on what you can do to make fewer mistakes in the future or like at the day ahead of you. And this question ties back to something that Victor Frankel, who's really like the inspiration behind Here on a Mission, used to tell his patients, which was to, quote, live as if you're, you were living a second time and as though you had acted wrongly the first time. So if every morning you pretend today that this is the second time we got to live this day, we get to learn from the mistakes we made the first time and have clarity on things such as the time that's wasted or the relational neglect we committed and the financial mistakes we made. And then I also just like this part of the daily planner because it requires us to like pause and reflect and figure out a way to make a better decision every single day, which I think just makes us not only better people, but makes us live better lives. Yeah. And just being able to tie it back to those specific things in your day um, to something as simple as as a story that you're trying to live and, and whether or not the things you did that day are part of that interesting story you're trying to live. I, I really feel like kind of just kind of brings it all together. 
and ties in your daily activities into like the big picture, which is the, you know, the eulogy and some of the, this vision that you're, you're, you're putting together. I have to admit, like when I was first reading this, I, I was, I thought it was a little, a little weird, like live your life as a hero. So if you do start reading it, like give it, give, definitely give it some time because it seems a little tacky, but it, it definitely, it definitely works out when you really start to think about it. And as I read on, read on, it started to make more and more sense. And it, I think it's just a really nice, neat and fun way, an interesting way to kind of position if you're somebody who is a, feel like you're in that victim mentality to, to reframe your life in a way that, you know, would pull you into that hero category. And eventually, um, you know, he talks about even eventually becoming a god, you know, those heroes that really strengthen themselves and, and uh, you know, eventually become become guides through their experience. So with that said, I think we're just about at the end here. I'll hand it over to Mark to kind of bring us home. Thanks, John. Thanks, Kira. Thanks, Kayla. If anyone has a suggestion for another book for us to read and review, please send it to us. We're always looking for ideas on things to read. If anyone has questions about implementing something like this, um, you can set up a, a free consultation with us at boutusfinancial.com backslash call. And thanks everyone for listening in today. Thank you for listening to the Agent of Wealth podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered represents the views and opinions of the guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Boutis Financial. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for professional financial planning and investment advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investments and financial planning. 